Welcome to our podcast, Technology and Public Safety. This is your host, Dan Wright, owner of Inferno Technology Group. This will be our first podcast episode. I had the opportunity to be interviewed by our local community radio station where we discussed how we're using technology in our local 911 PSAP. I hope you enjoy and hope you'll subscribe. Hit the subscribe button and uh, enjoy our future content. Have any comments or suggestions? Uh, we'd love to hear them on how we can improve and make the experience better. So again, this is our first podcast. I hope you enjoy. Actually, Dan Wright is here um, with Chilton E911, which will lead into a whole lot of things. One, it just led into one very interesting thing that I had seen on the Facebook, but they stay so involved in Facebook and they have a great Facebook page. But, um, Dan, y'all have so much going on out at E911, which, you know, they say busy, but not. You're, we're so fortunate to have you in the system here. Well, thank you. Good morning. I appreciate the opportunity to be here today and, and speak with your audience. And, yeah, we do have a lot going on, but, uh, you know, it's being driven by a lot of different things. The county is, is growing, and we are uh, being influenced by technology, so a lot of exciting things happening in the 911 world. That was one thing that I had noticed was that there was actually an, an accident in town and the office was not notified by an actual individual. Uh, that, that was a, a oh, scenario. That, oh, that, was, that was a scenario. That was a potential future scenario, future. correct. Okay. Correct. But that's part of where technology is driving. Right. So uh, what you're referring to is uh, we, we made a post on social media about the future of public safety technology. And so we're approaching a time where, let's just say at a major intersection, we'll just take 22 and 31 here in Clinton, and there's traffic cameras there. So the, the realistic part of it is, is that in the near future, we may not even take a 911, a traditional 911 call on a wreck at that intersection. We will get telematic data from places like OnStar or whatever telematics they have in their vehicle. That'll give us crash data such as speed, how many passengers are in the vehicles, uh, if they impacted any part of the vehicle with their body. We'll have a live view of the cameras. We will likely take video calls from people on the scene and be able to get you know real-time information. And all of that will come to us and we may never take a phone call on it. Wow, hmm. that would be amazing. And that would be actually, like you said, real-time. So that would be actually speed up a lot of a lot of the response time and responders times. Yeah, you know, it's all it's all a business of seconds. Uh, and even if somebody sees the wreck happen, by the time they react to it, uh, most people are going to go up and see if somebody's okay first and then call 911. So you're talking 30 seconds to a minute that uh, could potentially be taken off of a response time for a situation like that. Or if somebody else, you, you've already gotten somebody on the way right. that has taken away from that time by somebody going over to check in with somebody first, making sure they're okay before they've gotten somebody on the way first. Right. And it's also going to help with the response. You know, the what we depend on now is a, a picture or a scenario drawn by a, a bystander. And while they are an important part of the emergency response system, you know, we're dealing with just everyday citizens that don't understand crash dynamics and don't understand medical dynamics and not that they have any reason to right but trying to get the information out of them especially in a traumatic incident is challenging at best and so when our dispatchers were able to see 
visually what's going on, they have the training to recognize that, you know, okay, that crash has intrusion into the passenger compartment on the door, say in a, in a T-bone crash. Well, there's more than likely somebody trapped in that incident and they may need additional resources or we can see three people still in the car. We may need three ambulances versus the one that we just normally send. Or versus whether you would need an, an, an air medic versus right. a, a land. Or Correct. So it sounds like it would allow you to be able to have your trained personnel who have eyes on what's happening more than just a, a bystander who isn't trained in that. Correct. It's going to allow you to be able to faster respond to right. all the things that are going that's, on that's exactly with correct. the right personnel. Right. That's awesome. The technology has come a long way in a lot of things, and so I could see this, this being a real bit of beneficial additive. Yeah. But in the meantime, where are we now? So where are we now? So we, uh, you know, 83% here locally, 80 no, excuse me, I misspoke. 87% of our calls are made by mobile devices. And uh, in the most recent past, getting location technology has been a challenge because it's been based on what's called triangulation. It's the cell phone towers trying to figure out where you are. Uh, we just signed on to a service called Rapid SOS, and we are now getting location data from the device itself, wow. meaning the cell phone. So we're not dependent upon the triangulation and the estimates anymore. Uh, we're now getting that information from the device and it's accurate within 60 meters. So we essentially have precise cell phone location now when somebody calls on their cell phone. There, there's some other factors in the background and you know, everything has to work right, but it's, it's very reliable. And like if their location is on <clears> and all those things. Yeah, your location services have got to be yeah. on and, and yeah. all that stuff, but the majority of us have it on. Uh, and also, you have to have the most recent, well, I think the most recent are two uh, updates on your phone. So, you know, if you're one of those that haven't updated your phone in three years, uh, you're grinning. So you're in trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if you, if you haven't updated your phone software in a long time, you may not be sending the correct stuff. But for the most part, uh, the accuracy of the calls has greatly increased. Wow. So then it does help you pinpoint exactly where you are. Yeah, yeah. And there's already been many cases across the nation, uh, several in Alabama already, of the, this particular software, Rapid SOS, being the reason that somebody's lives have been saved. So uh, we've had documented cases here where the what's called the phase two technology, the, the older technology, the triangulation part, we have documented cases here in our county where that saved lives. We've been able to find people, but it'll be even more improved now. That's amazing. So I know we'll make sure your location stays on. It may eat up your battery, but that's okay. We have a lot of other things now that keep, keep your batteries up. And then two, um, keep, um, keep your phone updated. That way you're, you're always assisting an E-9-1 situation should it ever occur. Right. Because you never know what it may. Exactly. I mean, you know, we're... We hope, it, we hope it never does, but you never know when it might. Right. And so, this may come into play when you need it the most. Right. What all else is... I mean, your daily basis thing is going on. There's something going to come up in the second half, so I really want to eat all of it now. What, what are your E911 operators faced with during the day? With the calls? I mean, what are they looking for? So, the, the main thing they're looking for is where are you? Uh, we, we can't send anybody if we don't know where you are. We can figure out the why and the what, 
during the dispatch getting you some help. But the main thing to know is when you call 911 is here locally, they're going to answer the phone, 911, where is your emergency? So uh, be prepared to give your location. Once we have the location, we can send somebody right. to investigate. Uh, so knowing where you are is the most important thing. And then once we have that, we'll go through the process of finding out why you called, what's going on, who's there. And uh, a, a big misconception, and, and I know it's a traumatic scene for a lot of people when they're going through a traumatic event, but we have uh, a minimum of three operators on duty at a time. So while one person's processing that call, then somebody else is dispatching the responders. So the person you're talking to is not the one that's coming to you. So uh, that's a, a big misconception by a lot of people is that they just want to say, well, just get out here and help me. Yeah, Why are you asking all these questions? Right. Yeah. These Why questions, are you wasting your time? Right. Come on. These, yeah. these questions are helping us to get the appropriate response to you and that making sure. not the one that's coming out right. there, so just go ahead and keep talking and let us help you. Right. Right. So and it, and if you're comfortable, we're not going to keep you on the phone the whole time. And, you right. know, but uh, we just need to get enough information to ensure that we get the right response to you. We have a purpose for these questions. And the big oak tree down past that dirt road is not helping us find that location. Right. You may know where that big oak tree is, but, you know, everybody else may not. So the biggest thing is remembering, like, mile markers and, and road numbers and right. things like this. That a lot of times, being from a rural area you know where you are so paying attention and being comfortable in your in your zone is good but paying attention to those numbers the and markers and the little even knowing your own address really? so what we've learned is that uh we as a society and it's not local we as a society have become very dependent upon technology and we no longer look at maps and read maps and associate things with numbers we associate by what Siri or Google tells us. And so there is a decrease in population that knows where they are, how they got there, what the address is, are the important things to know for 911. Hmm. So uh, a, a growing number of people do not know their own address. Their own street address? Correct, uh, really? where, where they live. I hadn't really thought about that, but I guess that is a huge because yeah. we're so dependent on the phone that's in our hand it's to give us every little bit of information that we need. Right. If you look up, yeah. now, now I mean, the, the majority of people look up a business, just say business ABC. Right. And we don't pay attention to the address. We just tap directions. And then Siri or Google start saying, it's turn right here, turn left here. You've arrived at your destination. Nobody's paying attention. And while it's great that that technology exists, from our side of the fence, it is a hindrance. Okay, just Google my address and you'll find it. <laughs> just just look where my phone is. Yeah. Just, well, but they have to know where they are first. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, and technology is, is getting there. The, the public safety, unfortunately, public safety is always behind the private industry, but we're getting there. Uh, the Internet is being introduced into 911. Like, up until right now, we, we have some, we need to, we have some internet-based calls coming in. It's a private internet. And we have some copper hardline calls coming in, just the way they come into us. But once we fully get into full internet-based, it's going to blow 911 wide open. Well, that's going to be interesting. Hmm. I didn't talk about the internet calls. Well, it's halfway, we're halfway there. We've got so much more to talk about. We'll come back in, in, in a minute and we'll pick up some more.
I don't know about the internet calls. Well, so it's, they're, they're coming in on the internet. It's IP-based calls. Yeah. You know, like business uses IP-based phone systems. Yeah. Instead of the old copper wires. Oh, yeah, a lot of people have gone away from their landlines. So it's, it's just, it's going to allow uh, data. Through our, so it's completely what you're talking about. Yeah, a lot of people gone away from mm-hmm. from landlords because they're trying to cut back on legacy. So, you know, a lot of people don't have landlines anymore because they're using their cell phones. Yeah. So, I didn't... So, 87% of our calls are from cell phones are from businesses. There's like 2% from voice over internet. I think our number is right around four or five percent. Those numbers might add up. Our number is right around four to five percent of our nine one calls are residential landlines. Really? <laughs> Nobody has a home phone. Well, that because they yeah. added up because it's an extra expense right now. My parents cut theirs off. We did too. Yeah. And I, we did it a, little, I a while back. I begged Alan not to because of the hurricane and the last twenty years. I don't know what he got me. It's clean. It's a cell phone. And we're back on the air, still talking. Um, back with Dan Rock with 911, educating us so much on what goes on in the daily life of 911 and what all is going on. Um, real quick, let's thank our sponsor, St. Vincent's Chilton, which you never know when you may need their services, so y'all check them out. And Lee Helms and Associates, um, he's very well needed all the time, especially during the weather season, which we have one brewing, and I want to talk to Dan about that also. Dan, what what all, during the weather, well, right now with the weather, when you're brewing, and we have no idea where this storm may go, does that have any effect on the 911? Do y'all... Yeah, so locally, uh, right now, you know, I'm just keeping an eye on it and just making sure... Uh, that it's not going to affect us. Uh, luckily, with technology and, and the, the weather forecasting, we have enough warning for a hurricane or a tropical storm. But, you know, if it was going to affect us, you know, we would just uh, make sure that all of our staff have our, everything taken care of at home and just, you know, we have to pay real, real close attention to the track and what the possible effects are. And if needed, we'd bring extra staff in and, you know, they'd be there until the duration of the event, until it was free to go home. And just be here and ready to serve and right. whatever calls you can. Right. Like generally during an ice event or a snow event, uh, we'll bring everybody in and then they, they normally work 12 hour shifts. So I, we'd usually just let them work it out. They'll work a shorter shift, you know, four or six hours at a time and take a break. And, uh, Cause but, I imagine the amount of calls you get are massive yeah. and, and to the, that you can yeah, it, you know, it just depends on how well it's forecasted. Unfortunately, you know, if it's uh, if it's a good forecast, generally everybody goes home and everything's good. But if it's uh, a bad forecast, then chaos ensues. And of course, you know, you have the which you stay so well informed. And it's like you know, please don't call just to see if the roads are open, right? Because you keep that information on the website and the Facebook page, right? Because that way you keep the lines open for the more important calls, the wrecks, the, the, the calls where you need to assist people, to assist the responders and that type of thing. Right, so uh, on that, uh, we're, we're working 
I don't have a timeline yet, but we are uh, working to keep the public more informed. We are developing a Chilton County 911 app for your smartphone. Okay. Uh, again, I don't have a timeline. We'll, we'll do a big announcement on it, but on that app, uh, you will have access to real-time traffic information in Chilton County. You will have access to our live CAD events. Uh, there will be weather resources on there. There will be a direct link to a map of the storm shelters. Uh, we are trying to figure out a way of how to send an alert uh, to the application on your device when the storm shelters are open. That's still in the works, but that's our goal. Uh, so we're working on even more ways to keep the public informed and to let them know, uh, you know, the majority of our population has a smartphone and that's how they stay connected. So. Uh, we're doing our part to keep them more informed by buying into this application and giving them the option to receive alerts. And you also be able to get weather alerts as well from the National Weather Service. Oh, that's great. Because I mean, a lot of people depend on, like you said, their mobile devices for all types of updates, especially like the weather, because sometimes that's all they depend on. Mm -hmm. And they have it with them pretty much 24-7 for every event and if they can get weather alerts as well which we do we have it plugged in for weather alerts um if there's weather in the area um we get notifications for any kind of inclement weather for that so and it it's very handy right i mean it'll wake up in the middle of the night it doesn't matter what time it is right yeah, the application should never replace a weather radio i mean no, that, that you should always yeah. have everybody should have a weather too. radio uh, with, with batteries for battery backup. Uh, that's the standard for weather alerting, especially at night when you're in your home. But, uh, you know, weather radios aren't easily carried around, but your smartphone is. Yeah, and you know, so, uh, you know, just, just another way for us to be connected in the community and, and, and give people that information that they need. It's usually kind of funny because one will go off. If the no weather radio goes off, then you know your phone's going to go off. Right. So one will go and then the other one will go. Well, you can imagine in my house doing a weather event. Oh, okay. I mean, it sounds like the okay. world's All coming to an end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one phone, one radio, and another radio. And, oh, yeah. yeah. Weather radio, two phones, uh, my wife's phone. The uh, dog's barking. Oh, definitely. definitely. <laughs> and then it wakes up the dog, yeah. and, and then the mass chaos with right. kids. So I'm sure everybody's, everybody's up by then. So. Oh, yeah. Everybody's weather ready. Everybody jumps up in full mode. Like, okay, let's go. <laughs> It's, all, it's almost become numbing, really. It's all like, right. oh, here's another weather. You know, and I shouldn't say that. No. I shouldn't advocate that at no, all. But, but. They, they know, they, it's probably kind of like routine now. They right. know what their, their designated job is. Exactly. Like, we going to the basement, going to the shelter with Dad. We're going, <laughs> hey, Dad, are we ready? So they know the, they know the drill. It's right. become a drill, let's right. just say. It's a drill. There you go. Yeah. Well, so you mentioned ready. some of the, the growth that we're having in the county. How does that impact uh, 911. How does it impact? How does it impact what you guys do? <clears throat> well, so one of our uh, base things that we do is we issue all of the addresses in Chilton County. Okay. So in the past year, uh, we've experienced a 15% increase in address requests. Hmm. So okay. every address that's issued in Chilton County, uh, we issue it. Uh, so obviously that that part has increased. The workload right. on our addresser has increased. Uh, and then, you know, with increased population comes increased call volume. Uh, you know, uh, most of that comes in the form of traffic complaints or traffic accidents. Uh, of course, then you got, you know, some medical and EMS related stuff. Uh, 
some law enforcement involvement, but in increased population, there's really no correlation between a population number and how many calls we receive. But right. the more people you have in an area, the more calls that we're going to receive. Okay. So getting calls about traffic with traffic being backed up in the middle of town. Oh, yeah. 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 The the, you know, and that, that's... So one of the reasons that, that I'm so focused on getting this information in the hands of the public is that people are inquisitive. And if traffic is out of whack, then they call... What's going on there? Yeah, they wrong. call 911 or they call the administrative lines, which is better than calling 911, but it's the same people answering sure. both phones. So... The intent is that we get this information out to them. And so let me touch base on the traffic thing, because that's a big deal around here, especially in the summertime. Uh, we are connected directly to the Tuscaloosa Traffic Management Center, which is we're in the Tuscaloosa Aldot region. And so we're connected directly to them. They have our live CAD feed. They see all of our incidents as they occur. So if there's any traffic uh problem at all on any of the roads in Chilton County, they know about it immediately. And their Algo Traffic app, which is what we'll utilize on our app, the Algo Traffic app is updated by them. Okay. So if in Chilton County, say if there's a crash on, uh, and now they only do state and U.S. highways, but if there's a crash on I-65, it's instant on the Algo Traffic app. I mean, before we can, usually before we can ever dispatch the call, those guys do amazing work and they have it on their app, wow. updating live traffic. So like when there's an accident like on one of the, between like the 205 or whatever to the 219, one of those big accidents where mm-hmm. it backs up all the traffic and everything. Right. It's on that outside. Yes. Yeah. So we've been working with them for a little over two years now. It's been a great relationship. Uh, and, uh, We've done some, some great things and moved move forward with that and getting real-time traffic information out. So when all this, when all the traffic is routed, which the traffic that wraps it around town is what backs up the downtown traffic. Like right. something with the, one of the accidents, like say in Jemison, and they're coming up 31 and backs up all the traffic in town. If they went to the dot type site they can see there was an accident on the interstate and that's all the traffic is being rerouted and right around town right i mean it's so they overlay the google traffic map so it you know if you look at the google traffic map you can see if it's green then it's moving fine if it's orange it's slowed down if it's red it's really slow so all that's displayed on the app itself as well which would explain well gee that's when we have traffic in town and i don't have to bother anybody because there's been an accident on the interstate right. Or just read the Facebook page. I'm like, what's going on in town? Everybody's in there. Everybody's Sometimes it feels like that may be yeah. just as quick. <laughs> yeah. Somebody immediately pops it up on Facebook. Yeah, well, what's happening in town? I know. I mean, in the half, I mean, everybody's already piped in. Or what's going on the interstate? Well, there was a big accident. But somebody's already piped in and probably chimed in and found it. Yeah, well, you know, so we hope that while the large majority of people are, not everybody's on social media. So right. we hope. But, I, but a lot of people have. A lot of people have smartphone devices, so our hope is that we can uh, get people to digest that data in another format. Right, and there is a map, and as a matter of fact, I'm, if you can pull it up, sometimes my car has a map, and it'll show you yeah. sometimes there's an accident or there's a red dot or whatever, and it'll show something going on in traffic, and then 
Right. Well, another feature about the application that we'll be using is that uh, you'll be the the end user of that application will be able to see our Twitter feed and our Facebook feed without having an account on either platform. Okay. So it'll just be displayed on there. So. Well, that'll be great. Yeah. Then you can see what's. Yeah, we're going we're going to be giving out a lot of data, a lot of information to to the public. Uh, that's going to be real time. And that'll be amazing, like you said, and that should help cut down some for your staff right. so they can actually assist some of the other calls coming in and maybe take care of some of the other things that are needed. Right. Our, our goal is on the back end is to automate as much stuff as we can that's normal and routine and non-emergency so that our dispatchers can be there for the true emergency calls and they can focus their, their work on that and ensuring that they're doing the best job they can while handling those emergency calls. Because I'm sure it is a daunting task sometimes to to kind of dialect to the calls that are non-emergent. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, it's just it's just the facts of it. You know, there's, there's no uh, demeaning meant by saying this, but the facts of what we deal with is we may have a, uh, a cardiac arrest event going on somewhere in the county, a two-car crash on the interstate that we're having to send two or three ambulances on, and then somebody in the middle of that calls in and wants to know why they're stopped on the interstate in traffic. And it's frustrating. I mean, right. it really and is. You're trying to, trying to assist this. Right. It's almost as bad as sitting, sitting and getting all these little spam calls on yourself. Exactly. And that's I mean, about and what you, could, you could equate it to that. That's right. correct. It's I mean, very frustrating, but you know. And, and, and if it's something legit, that's fine. But calling to see why you're stuck on the interstate is not a legit call. No. And, I mean, you know, there's. Not when you there's have somebody at a cardiac arrest and you're trying to get emergency personnel out to them and you're trying to focus on two or three emergent things and it's also not what you want well, my back up on the interstate yeah well i've, I've become infamous for my my tweets and facebook quotes during <laughs> uh weather events but you know call, calling 911 to check on a road condition is is not uh, is, is not the appropriate thing to right. do i mean let us handle what we need to handle right now and assist the people that need assistance right, right especially like a tornado event when you've got tornado events going on and you know when you know when maplesville and all these other places are hit don't call and ask you know where can i you know can i get anywhere yeah you know well that's you know that's a big thing another thing is storm shelters during tornado events you know uh we i try to push out as much information beforehand and, and again i know not everybody's on social media but i try to put out as, as much information beforehand about you know know where your shelter location is and, and never fails during an event somebody's going to call us and want to know where their closest shelter is how do they get there is it opened can i take my pets you know and all that stuff should be done beforehand and you know we we try to encourage people to have those plans in place so that when that event happens you just go right and like right now you know you have weather inclement possible now's the time to go ahead and start looking into that right you know let's just play out and say it's a week out if if this hurricane uh came this way well now would be the time to just go through a checklist and say okay do i have enough batteries do i have flashlights do i have a few gallons of water uh you know or is everything secure or what would it take to secure my outside things do i have somewhere for my pets to go you know, just go through. You could probably you could probably do it in a couple hours. Go ahead and get my medicine refilled right. before next week. Right. Get my car filled up before next right. week. Um, where's my shelter? Should I need to go to it? Exactly. Go ahead and go drive by it, right. find it, locate it, and find out where the uh, the fire station is. Go ahead, and, go ahead and prepare for all that. Should you need it, we hope we don't. Exactly. You may not. 
Uh, we have a, a nephew that's over in Savannah. They've already called us and said, should we need it? Is it okay if we come over? Just call us and let us know when you're on your way. Right. Preparation, having a plan, as Lee Helm says, is never a bad thing to do. Right. So now it's the time to go ahead and do it. We've eaten up our 30 minutes plus a minute, but now's the time to go ahead and do these things. Um, there's also websites um, uh, that will help you prepare for these events, and you can go ahead and search them out. But you know, go ahead and be prepared now. So if that event comes, you'll be prepared. Yeah, we have some of those links on our current website. It's uh, www.chilton911.org, and just click the weather tab, and we have a ton of resources there. There we go. Great. Uh, there's another website for just the, that's what you're here for, and then you don't have to call them and ask them where right. all this information is. And they also have their email number one uh, Facebook page as well. But go to, to chilton1.org. That's right. There you go. Thank you so much for being Thank here. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks, Jared. Thank you for showing up and Absolutely. being here. Always for me. enjoy I appreciate that. that. Um, thank you, Dr. Banker. Thank you. Keep him in your thoughts today. And if you need him, he's at 280-3360. If you need me, I'm at Kindred at Home, 755-9926. Y'all, today is our last uh, day of the food drive today and tomorrow over at Associated Foods. If you want to run by and drop off something in the box, it would be greatly appreciated.